0: Hey everybody, this is Devin. I'm sitting down right now to record the, uh, the, uh, the part three of How to Build an Animal, the precursor series to CLASS, which is an upcoming uh, mini-series of sorts, which I, I've been really excited about. I've been working on for quite a long time, and it wasn't until relatively recently that I decided, you know what, maybe I'll do this precursor series. Um, but before I get there, I just, just want to take a moment to, um, I guess, ask a question. Um, I'm not asking for you to sign up for my Patreon or, or you to use a promo code at a checkout or anything like that. So don't worry. Um, no need, uh, (laughs) no need there. But, but what I, I guess what I want to say is. Um what they don't tell you and they as in like the hypothetical they the the supposed they that will maybe tell you things before you begin doing things uh, they don't tell you when you start podcasting that podcasting as a form of communication and entertainment or a vessel of education um it can it can be lonely i i don't know if you can hear the grin on my face but um it I, I kind of hesitate to use the word lonely because it just feels pleading and uh, like I'm fishing for something. Um, but I, I'm not. I, I just, <clears throat> I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, podcasting is like a, it's a form of communication, but sometimes it feels like, um, you know, you sit down and you record something and you put it together and you put it out there and then, what? Um sometimes it, it feels a little bit like you're like you're talking to a wall. And and I quite literally am in this moment. I'm I'm looking at some soundproofing on a wall in front of me while I while I sit here and talk about talking to a wall. It's a little meta. But anyway, um obviously, you know, like there's nothing expected of, of an audience or anything like that ever, 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 ever. I don't I don't expect anything I just put things out there. And then if you hear it, awesome. If you like it, even more awesome. Um, and I can look at data and I can look at metrics and analytics or whatever. And it, and it says, hey, like, there's people listening and they're doing so in a whole bunch of countries. And that that is so cool. But um, I, I guess if you're listening right now, if you are someone who I don't know if you're new to this show or if you've been listening for quite some time, I I, I would just like to hear from you. Um, whether it's feedback or, or just a, just a quick, uh, Hey, I'm someone who, who listens pretty regularly. Um, and, and that's all you have to say, like that, that's fine too. Um, if it's, if it's criticism, um, you know, whatever it might be, I mean, really something that I would like to do with this show is I would, I would like to have the audience be, be a part of the show. Um, to bring people on who do listen and talk to them about things that they're interested in or answer their questions or talk about their favorite animal, you know, whatever that might be. And then, you know, put put that out there. Um, so I guess to sum it up, uh, is anybody out there? Um, well, I, I anyway, uh, you can reach me at hello at the wildlife.blog that's that's the email um or on social media at the wildlife pod or at dev the nature guy on twitter um or devin the nature guy on tiktok or instagram so and that's devin with an o um but yes uh, if you're if you're out there let's connect reach out okay now uh i'll get to the show As I've said before, there's really no shortage of ways to build an animal, but there are rules to be followed. In part one of how to build an animal, you learned about how one way of tracing back the connectedness of all animal life is to look for shared traits. Sure enough, there are some super specific characteristics of animal life that are definite markers of one, what makes an animal an animal, and two, when different groups of animals split in the eons-long journey of evolution. We took a close look at three types of symmetry and the kinds of animals that sport them and got oriented with the basic directions of something called cephalization. Now it's time to dive into how all of these things develop in the first place. And What better place to start than the beginning? Before that, I I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that this topic is absolutely loaded with terms and concepts that are kind of hard to picture and I'm gonna do my best to paint one, but I'm also gonna attach one of my all-time favorite videos in the episode notes. It shows a time-lapse of a salamander growing from a single cell. I highly recommend giving it a watch both before, during, and after listening to this episode because it's just absolutely spectacular. If there's a way to make babies, nature has figured it out both sexually and asexually. We're going to focus in on the sexual type. If you've been through any amount of school, you're hopefully, hopefully, a bit familiar with how it all works. It typically goes like this. Males produce a special type of cell with half the amount of genetic information as a normal cell, and that cell is called sperm. Females do the same, but we call their special cells eggs. Yet even still, some animals, like earthworms, for example, are what we call hermaphrodites. These animals produce eggs and sperm at different times, or even simultaneously. They still need another member of the species to reproduce, but the role that they play or what they provide can change. On a related note, snail sex has got to be one of the most fascinating examples in nature, and I'm absolutely going to go off at length about it at some point in the future, but for now... I'll save it. Anyway, after a sperm penetrates an egg and the good old swapping and merging of genetic information begins, we say that the egg has been fertilized. Now we've got something else, something new. And we get to call that fertilized egg by a new name, a zygote. Now what follows is gonna be an in most animals type thing. Is there more variation to the formula? Oh, absolutely. And it's amazing. But for now, let's just keep it general. To back up for a sec, when cells want to make more cells, they have to undergo a process called mitosis. It's a whole process that I'll explain at some point later on, but here's the gist. Cells copy themselves nearly identically, which means that one cell can become two. Those two become four, and eight and 16, and so on. Hey, Devin, uh, what, what do you mean when cells want to make more cells? Like, are are they aware? Are they intentionally doing it? Oh, um, yeah, I, I would see where you think that. Um, cells, of course, don't want to do anything. They just kind of do and, and be. A zygote is no different. Yet. Okay, all right, all right, that makes sense. Go on. When the zygote first divides into two total cells we change its name yet again. Now it's an embryo. Those cells keep dividing until they formed a solid little ball full of fluid called a blastula. This whole time, the number of cells is increasing, but the total number of cytoplasm isn't, which is kind of weird, right? This means that even though there are more cells, the embryo is remaining roughly the same size for now. In some animals, the outer blastula is just one single layer of cells. In others, it can be multiple layers. Either way, the cells that make up the blastula continue to divide. Some of the cells move inward. Imagine pressing your thumb into a half empty balloon, sort of forming a ball within the ball to form a new structure called the gastrula. It's two layers of cells thick, sort of a sac with an opening on one end. Kind of looks like a double bubble, one inside the other. The inside ball will develop into a new animal. And the large ball becomes the yolk sac. We've all seen this whenever we've cracked open a chicken egg. Now remember the gastrula is two cell layers thick. The inner layer is called the endoderm. The endoderm. That layer will develop into the digestive organs and the lining of the digestive tract. The outer layer of the gastrula cells is called the ectoderm. The ectoderm that layer will develop into the nervous tissue and skin in some animals cell division happens within the gastrula in another layer of cells called the mesoderm Mesoderm. forming between the ecto and endoderm there are a few strategies for developing this layer depending on what kind of animal we're talking about either way mesoderm cells develop into muscle the circulatory system, the excretory system, and sometimes the respiratory system. This is a point at which things start to go down very different paths depending on what kind of creature you are. There might be some similarities, but all in all, the ectoderm, endoderm, and mesoderm will go on to develop as they will for whatever animal they belong to. But even with all that range, there are still some things deep down that connect us all. Wow, okay, that is a lot of new information, but guess what? We are one step closer to kicking off class. Next time on How to Build an Animal, we'll discuss the three types of body cavities that are found in each of us, why they matter, some specifics to their development, and then, well, you'll just have to wait and see. For a bunch of helpful visuals that I put together um, in addition to that video I mentioned at the top, um, check out the episode notes for a link to the transcript on the wildlife.blog. If you'd like to support the show, yeah, I guess you could do that at patreon.com slash devinboker or patreon.com slash thewildlife. Um, but mostly, mostly, um, I, I, I would just like to hear from you. Uh, that's, that's about it. And uh, thank you for listening. Peace out, Rainbow Trout.